Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Learn How to See Better podcast. This is your host, Drew Davis, and today I want to talk about something a little bit different, and it has to do with how we learn to see better with regards to uh, learning, but not our own learning. This time it's the learning of our loved ones. Particularly, I'm talking about learning for our children. And uh, the reason I'm interested in talking about this topic is, well, I've got uh, I've got children, and my oldest-born son will be going into um, the first grade this fall, right? And so, as I look at all of the different options available, it becomes very interesting because you say, okay, typically it's your kids in kindergarten, and it's time for them to go into first grade, you know, the elementary school, and uh, off they go, right? And uh, their journey really, really kind of begins down the uh, school year's path. And the interesting thing about it is um, one thing that we are doing is we're actually evaluating options, my wife and I. We're evaluating options because you know what? There are a lot of options available for um, children's education these days. Um, When you think about uh, those options that are available, um, what we've started to recognize is uh, something I was thinking about when... Uh, we took the first tour of a few um, tours. And these few tours that we have lined up are of some options that are available in our neighborhood. So one is the one is the local elementary school that I actually went to as a kid uh, when my family first moved to Arizona. And now that I live in the same air er- in the same area, this is hands down the most convenient uh, option. And uh, literally walking distance could, could take my, you know, walk my kid to school. Um, you know, at some point they get to old enough, they can ride their own bikes, that sort of thing, or go with friends. Um, so that is one option. And from the surface, we haven't toured the school yet. It's a, a pretty good option. It's an A-rated school, so no brainer. Hey, I feel like I turned out okay. I went to the same school. I live in the area. Um, They've completely revamped the school and it looks like they've thrown a lot of money at it, scraped the old building, new one, and uh, from what I know, um, neighborhood and social proof feedback is is good. So pretty much a no-brainer, right? Well, maybe not for sure for certain Um, because as we look at these options that are available for my son, there's a couple other schools as well. Uh, One is a... uh, I guess you'd categorize it as a charter school. It's called Basis. Uh, some people have heard of it. Um, it's sometimes touted as the, um, the type of school you can send your kids to, to if they're pretty academically inclined. And, um, you know, if your kid's got the tendency to be a brainiac or, or has the potential to be uh, just very academically advanced, or you might want to put your kid on that track, um, my understanding with limited knowledge, haven't even taken a tour yet, is this could be an option worthy of consideration, right? So we've got that one on the list because my little guy is uh, pretty dang sharp and um, I could see that possibly being a fit once we get some more information firsthand. And then uh, the third and fourth uh, options, um, you know, my wife honestly did most of the homework on this. So one of the options um, I'm not as clear about, but I think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a bilingual that's what it is. It's a bilingual uh, school, so it's full immersion, English and Spanish. So it's a little bit of a spin on uh, a regular uh, traditional you know, schooling. 
And last but not least is a Montessori style of teaching. And um, I didn't know much about, I didn't know anything about Montessori until, um, you know, some years back when, uh, when my kids got involved for the first time, we were looking for options where they would be able to learn a little bit of Spanish. We live in Arizona and have a little bit of a diverse climate here as far as the language and, and want to be able to have uh, good flexibility uh, for our kids to operate in a variety of environments. And, and since my wife can speak Spanish fluently and I've got a little bit of background in it as well, I can at least hold my own, um, that seemed like something we wanted to, to keep going with our kids. So Montessori training, um, while not being an expert, is founded after uh, the teachings and philosophies of Maria Montessori. And uh, without getting into the, all the details of that uh, here, you can go and Google her. You know, that, that style of teaching has been around for some time and it really resonates with our personal values, uh, with some of the, you know, you know, peace and collaboration and teamwork and community. Uh, there's just a lot of good positivity um, that, that's instilled in children at a, at a very young age. Um, teamwork, conflict resolution, just, you know, it just seemed to be uh, something that, um, you know, we, we could use a little bit more of in the world today um, besides some of the things I do remember on the, on the playground back in the younger days, you know, things would get rough and tumbly sometimes with some of the kids. And, um, you know, we've liked the, the philosophy of just, you know, kind of getting along and, and um, making sure that we focus on solutions as we interact with people, because that's one of the things we have to do through our whole lives is communicate. And I'm getting off track a little bit, but, but the point is I wanted to give you a landscape uh, of what um, I'm about to go through, which is take a tour of these different schools so I can see what's going to be the best option for us to decide for, for our little kiddo, right? Seems to make sense, yeah? So as I broke this down, I had kind of a, a, a unique experience today. We go and take this, uh, this tour, uh, and the first institution is, uh, is, is a Montessori-style school. So that was the first one. We just happened to line up based on um, scheduling, and it was the one I'm most, most f uh, familiar with already. And the interesting thing is uh, we took a tour of the school and I got to thinking um, just about the fact that it's a different landscape when you go and take your kid out of any school or uh, even when you remember when you're going to school as, as a little kiddo going from, you know, uh, elementary school to junior high and then junior high to high school. They're completely different landscapes of education, right? You can remember, it's like when you first got to the point you were old enough to, you know, backpack at the school with your friends, then you had lockers because you had a little more independence. And um, I'm at that point where I'm getting to see my little guy get to to head off and, um, you know, enter that first realm of independence, um, you know, going into first grade. And the amazing thing that's the big one that we've probably started to think about is there are options in general with these different schools and, and having even the option to continue with Montessori uh, style of teaching is, is pretty amazing. Um, again, because we didn't know this was around when we were young ones. And so we've found it to be a blessing and we think it's a big, um, we think it's a big component of why our children are as you know well-mannered as they are today. Again, our opinion, they can be, uh, you know, they can be pretty wild and, and running around like hell on wheels from time to time. But the point being, really, they are, are very well behaved and we like that Montessori style of teaching. But we both came from, you know, public schools. And, and I don't know if, if it was anything like it was for, 
for for you when when it was when you were growing up like it was for me but um, I went to a public school and I remember I didn't know the difference between a public school and a private school but the, the private school kids would get you know kind of uh, made fun of and they didn't even go there right it was like oh the private school kids those are the you know uppity snobbity kids that are you know rich and it was a, it was portrayed as a negative thing um, and this is just what I remember what kids would say about private school kids and you know you just kind of you hear what a group says and that's all of a sudden what you believe <laughs> unfortunate but true um, but looking at Montessori style school uh, traditional public schools uh, private school options and even homeschooling as being an option uh, these days it's it's becoming more and more popular and I'm even hearing instances where people are doing uh, no schooling where they're essentially traveling the world and just taking the experiences of life and immersions in different language and culture that actually sound you know, pretty exciting from a you know an artistic, completely open-minded uh, concept. But it is also interesting how we want to uh, subconsciously revert back to what we know most and what we're most comfortable and what we come from, which is a little discerning, a little concerning when you think about the fact that you know one, the traditional school system hadn't really changed too much in a hundred years, and just uh, you know, unfortunately, kind of funnels everyone into being. Um, you know, just a classic uh, occupation and, and generally is not as focused on uh, exposing young minds to the opportunities of being entrepreneurs, business owners, kidpreneurs even. And so that's something that uh, my wife and I, as we've begun our entrepreneurial journey over this last decade plus, we find that there are certain things that, um, that entrepreneurs need to know uh, and are taught that are literally like completely opposite from um, what classic employees that you know work a 40-hour job and for 40 years and and, and go down the uh, the employed uh, traditional employment path and that's where part of the rub I think starts if we went through that journey and found it not to be the one for us and we found a better way for us does that mean it's necessarily a better way for our kids should we take them down that path with us and teach them the way that we know or do we go down the path that we just went down even though it led us to a place place where we felt that that's not the way you want to go so there's a little bit of conflict there admittedly but you know just sharing that there's almost that that uh <laughs> I don't know if I'd even call it hypocritical, but there's that little bit of conflict of interest there. If you're trying to raise, um, if you're trying to expose your kids to entrepreneurship and, and being able to build a business and have some of that freedom and potentially even be a kidpreneur, because, you know, our kids are starting to ask us some of those questions. Hey, you know, you know, what are some of the things that we can do, um, you know, to, to make money? And, you know, they, they see education. They see us watching some of the training videos that are out on YouTube and they see young kids out there teaching things to other kids and they see what's possible and they're interested in participating. So it's one of those things I certainly don't want to discourage them, but you realize it's like, wow, if my kid wants to go down an entrepreneur path that I would certainly um, want to do my best and still everything that I know and have been taught and have, had learned that uh, I'd infuse that into him. But there are what I would see as not just roadblocks, but potentially conflicts and in interests, the way that the teachings work. And that's where you get into this, you know, what role do you want the primary education form to have in your kid's life? Meaning, if I could state it a little bit differently, there's going to be some sort of primary education source in your kid's life. And 
the best form of education is going to be the supplemental education that we as the parents can provide. So how do we best bolt on to that? Because if we're bolting on as this entrepreneurial add-on to a traditional employee mindset um, you know, training system, it seems like that's going to cause a little bit of mm, agitation internally versus looking at something that might be uh, more malleable or flexible with regards to its structure. And so essentially it's it's really something where I'm trying to architect the best solution um, for our kids, but also have the ability to make sure they're well-rounded and prepared for anything, right? What if what if my kids don't elect to go down a similar path uh, that my wife and I have gone and want to, you know, continue the family business or, or be entrepreneurs? What if they do feel they're more, uh, what if they do value security more than, than freedom in the sense that uh, they would rather be tied to an existing structure that, that takes care of, that they work for? I mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And if anything, we would want to be the ones encouraging them if they're going to go that path to do something they love and get paid for it. That way it doesn't feel like work. So... As I step back and look at all of this again, it's really about seeking the best solution. You know, what is the best solution? Paid versus free. I mean, I would have to imagine, even in my limited knowledge, that there's probably public schools out there that have better education than some private schools. But at the same time, there's probably private schools that don't necessarily cost an arm and a leg. Or maybe they do, but they run laps around anything around it. Uh, within a stone's throw and then some that you'd be you'd be ludicrous not to take advantage of uh, of the opportunity to get with that particular educational institution at practically any cost and that's when I saw what was the big purple elephant in the room and that's the fact that we tend to look at education for our children similarly to the way we look at education for ourselves, And so I think there's a, a link. Um, you know, most people probably don't even think about seeking the best solution like I was talking about. And, and is that best solution part of a, a traditional public, private, homeschool, Montessori, no school, world school, etc. But I think it, people just default back to how they were raised. Were you a public school kid? Then yeah, you're probably going to think public school. Were you a private school kid? Yeah, you're probably going to be encouraged or, or thinking in the minds of, hey, you know, I know I got a quality education that my parents invested in me and that's what I want for my children. And that I think has a direct effect on our own views, especially with regards to whether we as parents even view education, education for our children that is, as an expense or an investment. You know, what would you think, right? I mean, even if you went to college, but you, if you went to a public school, but then you, you know, you paid for college, you may very well still think from the mindset of, well, my kid's going to public school because that's the public schooling that I went to as a youth. But it really just doesn't have to be that way. And we don't have to do things the way they've always been done because of the way they've always been. And so as we look at that expense or that investment, uh, in our children, it's like, okay, that might be okay for you if you think that additional education or the cost of the education for the kids is okay for you. But, you know, really is it like, if it's, is it okay for them? You know, what if you have the means by which you could provide better education for your little ones, but it came at a cost, but you elect to just because of your philosophies and viewpoints on, um, 
advanced or supplemental trainings just because you didn't do them that, you know, there's no need for you to necessarily do them for the, for your kids. That makes sense. So, I mean, yeah, I guess it probably varies by individual, but for me, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, you know, is, is we all know the rising costs of tuitions throughout the country is, is just, you know, on a consistent climb. I think last time I saw stats was like 6% year over year for the last, you know, 20 years, something ridiculous, but that's not even the point. I think the point is, you know, we'll talk about the cost of college and, and what we need to spend on it which is still viewed as, a, as an expense and there's a cost associated with it, but then there's also measuring, uh, measuring that value we get. So we think that almost it's if we can't get the value out of spending the money on the education until the kids are grown up and it's almost seeming backwards to me because I would venture to say that no different than trying to teach a child or teach a person a new language. They're probably better equipped to learn that new language as a child. And I would imagine that even if you're looking at some sort of paid option, maybe it's after school tutor for your kids, that investment, that expense, that's actually an investment in your kid could quite possibly go farther, go farther and uh, be a better, more effective, more highly leveraged investment because of the simple fact that uh, they're younger, the mind's more malleable, more receptive to the new knowledges, the new knowledge and teachings that are going to set them on the best path for success. So um, as I really look at that, I thought, wow, you know, for so many years, for so long, I know that I always thought, well, you know, that's a no brainer. My kid's going to, you know, go to the school that's, you know, um, the closest public school and it's based on convenience. And you think, wow, you know, is that kind of it? You know, what, what if there's, you know, a better school that might be, you know, three miles away, five miles away, that's twice as good as your local school at no additional cost? To you, would you still choose the most convenient one that's next door or would you go the extra mile, right? So there's so many different variables and it's not like I'm saying, you know, I'm going to the ends of the earth. I'm spending nothing but a million bucks a year for my kid to go to first grade because that is 100% the best. I mean, hey, if you got the means to do so, then that's a separate discussion, right? But uh, in most scenarios, if you have the ability or the wherewithal to be able to at least choose whether or not um, you're going to do some sort of paid education for your kid or go with something that's um, not paid but also valuable, it does get to be a little bit of a, of a deeper discussion in what type of philosophy that, you know, are you going to have? And is that a per kid thing? Or are you doing it one by one? If you've got one, <laughs> you know, you like to go the private school route, but maybe one is, uh, you know, very musically gifted and, and might actually need to be attending some sort of music school. Do you, do you channel into that? Or do you say, nope, you're going to the same private school that the older brother goes to because that's how it works. Um, but the same way we have to parent our children differently because they're all so different and unique, I would imagine that there could be some of the same elements of consideration with regards to their education. What does the child actually need to optimize their development? And so I admit that I'm in just this own phase of learning where I'm actually going through the process of learning how to see better. This is a part of my journey that I look to make some of these best decisions for, for my kids. And even though I've <laughs> done a great job of taking a long time to get all this done, but the fact of the matter is we've got a few different scenarios and situations that we wanna look at because 
I think these things that I'm sharing are, are valid for any parent to really look at. I mean, we're fortunate enough to have options that we can do any of them that we elect to, because I think that, you know, even, even though there are probably some, you know, ridiculous, um, opportunities available to take place that, that may or may not make sense. It's just having, um, having choices and being able to select, you know, what is going to be best for my kid, what feels right. So we're going to go through the process of touring, you know, these two, three, four, uh, different facilities to, um, Go ahead and, and get that feel and ask the questions and best understand um, what are the value adds of, of each environment because it's it's not like I'm looking for daycare. You know, we're at that stage where our children are beginning to move into um, the more traditional um, window of education where their foundational learning begins, the reading, the writing, the arithmetic, you know? So it's very important to us that we make the decision that we feel is best because I think we've all seen it. We all know the deal, right? Um, when it comes to school, it's unfortunate that children have such a bad attitude about it, typically. But let's really look at that. Why is that attitude bad? Uh, well, a lot of instances, it's been proven that the kid's bored in school. You know, that they lash out and look for attention because they're bored out of the mind. The kid's too sharp. They need to be in a, uh, you know, higher education or advanced learning or some tutoring so they can apply that excess energy that they're getting that's being nervously spent um, on silly activities to, to be the funny guy. Um, but similarly, when uh, there's no legitimate interest in what's being taught and, and the processes by which information is either conveyed, shared, or, you know, even in some instances crammed down kids' throat. What is the interactive uh, teamwork that people are taught? Because the real world uh, requires a lot of teamwork versus the, you know, one kid against the rest of them and the, just everyone's competing for the highest score. Um, it, got, it does get to a point where um, you see things better and you see things from a different perspective now that we're in the role of parents and not just going through school but we also are young enough that we remember going through school and I can see my prior experiences differently and how systems were run and now that you see them as adults it's like huh okay I'm, I'm tracking to see how everything comes together and um, now we're to the point where we're ready to make some of these decisions, but they're monumental decisions. And we believe in life by design. We really do. Uh, and as we orchestrate uh, the life vision that we've organized for ourselves, uh, this becomes that next step. And we essentially begin to visualize what type of experience we want to have. And then next step is we go through and we set forth and take steps that are going to allow us to actualize little samples of that reality in advance, right? It's like you've got to inspect what you expect. If we expect a positive experience where we are receiving a high level of value from our child's education, whether it's paid or at no cost to us, it's something that we also want to be very clear and go into it eyes wide open about what that experience and what that value uh, is going to be like and how it differentiates from other options that are available, recognizing fully that there would be both pros as well as cons to any decision that's made. So it does get to be a, a very distinct, um, thoughtful time um, in, in our life, but you know, even stepping back from the specifics so any listener can get value out of this is understanding the theme of this being the price of education 
and how we view it. There is a price. And I say a price, or I could use the word cost, um, a cost of education. And it's not just the expenditure that you make. It's, it's no different than, um, <laughs> it, it's no different than um, the philosophy of investing in, in education to begin with. You know, what's the cost of that book? What's the cost of that class, okay? Well, what's the cost of you not taking that class? What's the cost of you not seeking higher education? What's the cost of you not uh, getting a certification or developing uh, a hands-on trade or skill or ability that can put food on the table for your family? What's the cost of not doing certain things? And that's where I say, you know, the price um, to be a more operative word here because the price could be paid, the price could be free, but it's the cost of the education choice that really becomes critical here um, because if opportunity cost plays at this and you elect to you know kind of skate on by with the inexpensive decision you know it's a little bit unfortunate because when you think about how that generally comes together um, if especially if uh, the decision to elect a free option for the kiddo is simply for the luxury of cutting costs, right? Case in point, you know, if you were to say, hey, I'm going to put my kid in a public school just because public school's free, but you've actually got the income that you could afford it, but you don't value the education and you don't think it's worth it or you think it's silly to pay for school because, you know, they're just going to school. School should be free. I think the unfortunate part and the downside to that train of thinking is it's like compare that investment you know let's say it's I don't know let's just pick a number for the sake of argument and say 500 bucks a month to send your kid to some sort of paid offering to get higher education and higher education I'm, I'm just saying you know um, additional education supplemental education it's not college right so case in point this example $500 a month for your kid to get some supplemental um, training to go with uh some um, some schooling, right? Now, if you say, I'm going to skip that expense because eh, I don't want to pay for the school, the unfortunate thought is, okay, where's that 500 bucks a month go now? What is it going towards? Is it going towards some other investment? Is it just going out of the door, right? And, you know, going into, uh, you know, beer money or something like that, or, or just being wasted otherwise? Um, or even worse, is it, is it spent in a way that, that, um, is detrimental to you you know um, it just it's just one of those things where I think we have to give some extra thought to that as parents and I, I would challenge parents to give consideration to um, how we view the price of education and I would recommend that we count the cost of the choice and weigh the cost of the decision uh, to go one way or another right I mean, in some people's instance, you know, the decision to put their kid to paid school, you know, we don't want you miss, wouldn't want to see anybody missing their mortgage payment and, and struggling over it. But at the same time, wouldn't want to see the potential next, you know, Nobel Peace Prize winning, you know, superstar creator inventor never get discovered because they didn't have uh, that small investment by their loved ones in their future in a brighter future because it costs you know a couple of nickels and pennies and it might make you miss a few you know starbucks through the course of the month so um just recognize you know we don't want 
the way that we raise our kids with regards to education to necessarily be based on the way we were raised. Don't let our uh, upbringing unnecessarily shape the views that we have for the outlook and the vision that we have and see and to see big for our kids, you know? So yeah, is it an expense or is it an investment? And it might be okay for, for you, but is it okay for the kid? And, and to just try to be open-minded to, to seek what the best solution is. Do your homework, do your due diligence. That's what we're going through now, that part of it all to see what is going to make the most sense for us because it may be um, something that we hadn't planned, right? It may be something that we get exposed to as we learn how to see better, as we take these new steps forward to get exposure to opportunities for education that can do better uh, to help our child reach their best potential. Uh, we just might have a kidpreneur brewing um, a child in the making that's um, wanting to do something to be of a greater value add to this world and to provide positive impact on the community. And so I thought it would be good to share that and give a little bit more of an extended share of something that really had my mind going and my brain buzzing today as I, as I went through this short, simple task of touring a school that uh, I may be putting my kid in to in the fall. And it just really made me run through the series of thoughts back to when I was a little one and what was my experience with school and when I first started going to school and when we moved out west and going to a new school and differences with um, the way teaching and students behaved and the cultural interactions and just all of that. And uh, now I get the opportunity to best lay the groundwork for what my child's educational future is going to look like over these next uh, you know 10 years when we're talking about um, when we're talking about the pre-college education experience so that's something I'm hoping someone can get some value out of if you are anything like me or have little ones that are just about to head into the school years you may find this valuable just just as far as perspective something to noodle on I'm not uh, pushing one agenda one way or the other or one particular solution I'm just sharing where I'm at in my journey and that I'm at the point where I get to look at these options and start to evaluate these solutions and it's pretty cool because I think the most important thing for me and where I'm at in my life right now and the, the philosophy I live by is to find the best solution. And I mean, gosh, I've been paying for daycare all this time anyway. Um, <laughs> most parents probably get to the thinking of like, oh, I get to put my kid in public schools. So I don't have a daycare bill anymore. And hallelujah, that bill is off my plate. And it's like, okay, well, all right, well, how are we going to redirect those dollars once they free up? Are you going to start taking classes for yourselves or is this party hardy at the bar <laughs> money now? Um, and, and so to just kind of look at, um, you know, where you're at and what's going on in your life and what makes the most sense because of the fact that, hey, if we've been paying for daycare, how much more effective could those same dollars be spent or have those same dollars go to uh, the idea of actually accelerating the learning of your child at a young age? And if you want to go and learn more about accelerating learning, I talked about that in a previous podcast episode, but that it can be so powerful. Um, you know, we're not just talking daycare anymore. This is the time where the kids are really starting to learn and develop uh, their cognitive abilities uh, with speech, communication, um, you know, deeper interests in subject matter. 
and it's a very fascinating time and, and the idea that so many of us may be robbing our children of the opportunity to blossom into their uh, most beautiful form if they only were given the right track to run on. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, a paid education option, but to not limit or rule out paid education options for your particular situation, even whether it's a combination of things, you know, hiring in a tutor, sending them to specialized summer camps, whether it's for sports, for music, for art, literature, you name it. It's just an amazing landscape out there. And so many of us uh, probably fail to even recognize what those opportunities are, the fact that they exist and that um, their, their children's best potential, best opportunities to reach their full potential may very well be coming from this decision that's made right now. Their chance to get the ability to spread their wings wider because they're placed in an environment that is most suited for them. So if you know your kids and you're trying to make these decisions, go look at a couple of different schools, find out what's going to be the best solution, see what some of the things are, ask, figure out the, the things that you know that are unique about your kid that, you know, may be a concern for you or maybe an area of opportunity for you and ask those questions, write them down, prepare them, use it as a quiz, right? Um, because the same way um, you're interviewing those schools, they're interviewing you to see if you're a right fit. But uh, it's a two-way street and it's something we should take control over, not just by default throw our kids in the school that's just closest to our house, unless you're specifically buying the house next to the school you want. Um, it's not just something that should be driven off of convenience alone. It ought to be a concentrated effort. I think that's life by design. I think that's one of the best ways to really set the stage for giving our kids a good track to run on. And I can feel that I'm pretty charged up about it because it just seems so powerful. Uh, and I can't wait to uh, go through the rest of this process and see what I can learn and then do the evaluation to figure out what we feel is going to be the, the best bet. And knowing that there's always the ability to make changes if we should ever need to. But uh, we're going in it with the positive outlook. And in my book, positive outlook means positive outcome. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode here, but hoping again that you find some goodness out of that there. Uh, that you can share with another individual that might be at this phase in their life trying to figure out what to do. And the idea is you just got to learn how to see better. In this case, it's regards to the education of not you, but your little ones. And the price of the education that you provide is a major decision that you'll get the opportunity to make. So until next time, be sure to tune in, share, and like this if you are on board with the content. Thanks again and take care.